Dress the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. For 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the History of Fashion, a podcast where we explore the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, April Callahan and Cassidy Zachary. Today, Dressed listeners, we are thrilled to welcome Ari Seth Cohen to the show. Ari is the creator of the widely acclaimed blog turned international movement, Advanced Style. And if our listeners are not aware of Advanced Style, Google it immediately and prepare to be amazed and inspired. Super inspired. And as the title suggests, Ari started the street style blog, Advanced Style, in 2008 with the intention of, quote, capturing the sartorial savvy of the senior set. (laughs) And he has dedicated the last 12 years to celebrating the unique stylings of incredible individuals age 60 plus who have made the art and act of dressing a lifestyle and personal philosophy. While Advanced Style may have started as a blog, it has now also become a wildly popular Instagram page, as well as three books, and those are titled Advanced Style, Advanced Style Older and Wiser, and the most recent, Advanced Love. There is even an Advanced Style coloring book and a documentary. Okay, I didn't know there was a coloring book, and I definitely want to get my hands on one of those. (laughs) So Ari's work has been incredibly important in bringing visibility to older women, including models in the fashion industry. And we are excited to welcome him to the show today to hear more about the meteoric journey of advanced style and the lessons he's learned from his many muses along the way. Ari, welcome to the show. Ari, welcome to Dressed. It's such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. So I believe you were actually in your late 20s when you started Advanced Style. I think you started in 2008. So you were not and still are not exactly a member of, you know, the stylist set over 60 (laughs) um, that you've taken as your muses. Can you tell us a little bit about the origin story of Advanced Style and how you came to create this wonderful, what started as a blog? I have always had an interest in clothing and that came from spending so much time with my grandmother, Bluma, who was my best friend. And like the most magical thing that I can imagine doing was going through her wardrobe and seeing her caftans and dresses and old hats and gloves and going through the bureau drawers and seeing the vintage rhinestone jewelry. And I think because I was so connected to her, she was my best friend, that each one of these items kind of held a special power to me. And I learned early on that you can like transform your mood. With clothing, we we played a lot, you know, in her closet and I'd wear my grandfather's hats and clothes to school. (laughs) And, you know, dressing up was really a joy for me and a way to kind of assert my individuality and my creativity because I always felt a bit different when I was younger than everyone else. And so it was a way for me to like own the difference and own the strangeness and weirdness and eccentricity. And I used to flip through my grandmother's scrapbooks and see images of her and her family members dressed up in the 1930s and 40s 
in Iowa. And although they didn't have a lot of money, everybody had such elegance. There was these great hats and gloves. And I was really struck by these images. And we would watch old movies together. And when I was really young, I started to draw pictures of my grandmother and her friends and sometimes even imaginary older women with really wonderful style. So this was kind of the roots of the project. And then I went away to college. My grandma wasn't feeling very well. And so I went back and forth from San Diego, my hometown, to Seattle, where I was going to college studying art history. And I would help my grandmother. And when she passed away in 2008, I really had so much grieving to do. I mean, it was the biggest loss I'd ever experienced. But I also knew that I needed to do something that celebrated, you know, our relationship and kind of continued this connection that I had that was so deep and profound. And when I was really young, my grandmother told me that I should move to New York if I wanted to do something creative. She had studied at Barnard College in the late 30s, early 40s, and became a librarian. And she always used to talk to me about the style on the streets and the creativity. So when I moved to New York in 2008, after my grandmother passed away, I started to see all these incredible older women on the streets of New York City and wanted a way to connect with that kind of energy again and also deal with the loss of my grandmother. So first it was about healing. And then I realized that these images that I was taking had the power to shift other people's perspectives on getting older. Yeah. And I mean, it's such a beautiful, incredible project that you embarked on in 2008. It's now been 12 years. It's now turned into what has become three books, a documentary, and really what has become an international movement, which I'm going to talk to you about a little bit later. But I mean, you really have this incredible eye, I have to say. And you're really finding these, your subjects just walking the streets of New York City, or I think you've been to Mexico, you've done international, you know, photography. I'm curious, how do you pick your subjects? And what are you looking for? Or do they find you do what they what what they're putting on their bodies and walking out into the world wearing? Is that something you're just instantly attracted to? Well, thank you so much for saying that. It's interesting because the reason why I brought up the book of drawings I made, I just found that a few years ago. It was like a book of these really like extravagantly dressed women was that when I started to see these women on the streets of New York City, it was almost like the drawings from my childhood were coming to life. And that all happened right around the same time that, you know, my grandmother passed away and I followed her advice. So Lynn Dell was one of the main women in my documentary, The Countess of Glamour. And I remember walking past Lincoln Center and I saw this woman dressed in a black cape, green satin ruffled top matching pants, a green turban, green jewelry. <laughs> and it was almost as if she... Like we were meant to see each other on that corner. And, you know, she became such an integral part of my developing a community in New York of women. And she had this amazing boutique called Off Broadway. It's it's kind of like once you open your eyes, you start seeing certain things. So it's not one thing that I look for. I think that this just is, you know, I've always had an affinity for older people and style. And so that's kind of where my eye is drawn. But my eye is drawn to, you know, nature and a lot of beautiful things. But a lot of people will tell me, like, I never see ladies like this in my town or my city. And then once they read 
one of the advanced style books or see the film, then they start seeing what I see. So I think we're kind of taught to treat older people as if they're invisible. And so once you kind of awaken yourself to this idea that because you get older doesn't mean you need to stop being creative and vibrant, you might also be able to see aging in a different way and then see what I see. But it's always something different. It can be beautiful white hair or a turban from miles away that I spotted. I don't Sometimes I'll run after someone and and I'll tap them on the shoulder and they happen to be a 30 year old woman, you know, but they might just be dressing like a camp style lady. So it's color, it's spirit, it's so many things. And can you introduce us, you mentioned one of them, but can you introduce us to some of your muses that you've worked with over the years? Because really some of these women appear over and over in your work. Yeah. And that happened because Originally, it started out as a street, advanced style started out as a street style project. And then this woman, Deborah Rappaport, I was working at the New Museum when I first moved to New York City. And she had pink hair and this necklace that she had made from recycled materials. And she was fabulous. And she came in, I was working at the bookstore. And she said, I said, can I take your picture with my phone at the time? I didn't happen to have a, my camera with me. And she said, of course, and come over to my apartment. I'll dress, I'll undress, I'll make you lunch. And I was a little bit taken <laughs> aback by that, but I called her and she shared so much wisdom with me and I got to see the way she lived. And I realized the way she lived her life and the art in her apartment and the all these different aesthetic viewpoints were kind of shared in a complete lifestyle of how she lived a creative life. And then I realized like, I really wanted to delve deeper into some of the individual lives of the women. And also it was a way for me to make new friends in New York city. So people who were more open to talking to me, we created deeper friendships And Deborah Rappaport was surely one of those people. A lot of the women in the documentary, Ilona Roy Smithkin is now just turned a hundred years old. She uh, was an artist. She lives now in Provincetown, but she also lived in the West Village and a performer and is still painting every day and going in the ocean and swimming as much as she can. She just wrote a beautiful book about turning 100 and it talks about dealing with pain and how she sees life as a hundred year old woman. It's, it's truly incredible. It really makes you understand like it's not easy always getting older, but you, you know, with the right attitude, you can really combat a lot of the things that you have to face and um, Joyce Carpati, she's now 87. She's was an opera singer and she worked with Helen Gurley Brown. And she's one of the more classically dressed women. She always wears a set of pearls and a braid. And I mean, I talk to her probably three times a week. All, all these women have become some, you know, they've become some of my best friends and just give me great wisdom and advice. And we share that with each other and, you know, give us an excuse to dress up. So we used to go out on the town. Now we get on Zoom and have parties. (laughs) The Advanced Style documentary is such a great place to really get to meet some of these women and see how they really embody the joy and the art of dressing. I mean, dressing and getting dressed is such a part of who they are and their way of life and bringing joy to themselves and to each other. And that's just such an incredibly special part of of your work and sharing that with us all. 
I have to say too that we're talking about incredibly stylish women, which are, yes, some are fashionable, but style is about so much more than fashion. There's Their approach to dressing really transcends trends. It's It becomes something entirely different. Can you talk a little bit about style versus fashion and how that really plays out in, in these women's lives and in your work? Sure, definitely. I mean, for me, I've always been attracted to personal style and I like to look at fashion. I like to look at magazines and the runway for fun, but I'm usually on Etsy scrolling through, right. <laughs> you know, images or, you know, listening to your podcast and looking at your Instagram, you know, because I love the history of fashion and, you know, I love vintage clothing. But yeah, it, it's almost like these women, there's something really iconic about the way each one of them dresses and it's really personal and it's, looking at them, you see the history and their lives through the things that they're wearing because they have collected so many things throughout their lifetimes. Style is really their, like a personal meditation when they get up in the morning and kind of create something on their body as if their body is a canvas. And they talk a lot about, you know, it, it, it being a form of artistic expression and walking out into the world and being visible and, um, which is, in itself as an older person is a um, political act because older people are constantly being told, especially now, that their time is up and that they should no longer remain visible. And so these people really are going out in the world and being bold and being as visible as possible. But yeah, style really, for me, is, you know, they don't pay attention to trends. It's it's really like they put on the things that make them happy and try not to care what other people think. They've earned that right. We all should earn that right, <laughs> but definitely have. And they do it with a confidence and self-assuredness that I think is inspiring to people of all ages. Yeah, and they're kind of rebellious in that way. And some of them do follow fashion and some of them like to buy designer clothing, the ones that can afford it or the ones that really save up and seek that out. But it is really about making their own um, personal statements. It's interesting to get to know them and see how that style's developed. Deborah, for instance, Deborah Rappaport was telling me that she never felt beautiful as a young woman, and she always felt like her sister was was the beautiful one. So she used style and putting herself together as a way to distinguish herself. And Deborah is a very beautiful person, but she really found herself through the art of creating and assembling pieces that she created on her body. And she continues to do that in her 70s and also does it with recycled materials. So yeah, I mean, each person comes to style differently and has a different approach to it. But it's definitely something that I think is very personal rather than something that's being fed to them through the global media. Right. And I have to say that your work has been incredibly important in really smashing fashion and beauty standards and ideals that champion youth and the young, right? You just kind of talked about that. How stepping out as a woman over 60 in these bold prints and this bold sense of style is really counter to how society has told them they should act, how they should dress, how they should be. Can you talk a little bit about ageism in the fashion and beauty industries? And I'm curious if you set out to kind of shatter these outdated stereotypes and ideals, or was this just the natural byproduct of your work? Yeah, I mean, even the fact that like we're constantly 
being fed advertisements about anti-aging. Even that statement, anti-aging, is so ageist. And it creates a sense of fear about getting older. And that fear has not escaped a lot of the people that I photograph, but so many of them are in the process of trying to show other people that it's okay to be your age. In fact, it's a wonderful thing because you have kind of this renewed sense of who you are through experience and wisdom and no longer needing to fit ideals and things and expectations that you've been told your entire life that you, that you should. For me, like I said, it started out as a project to heal after the loss of my grandmother, but I early on I was about to turn 30 when I started the project. I was not quite 30. I was I was well, now I'm 38. So it was 12 <laughs> years ago. And uh, when I moved to New York City and a lot of my girlfriends who were in their late 20s were already talking about like getting gray hair and what are they going to do? And, you know, like they were worried about getting older. And I was seeing all these women on the streets who were living these really bold lives and, and the way that they were walking with such confidence. And I wanted the women to sort of be role models for my younger friends and to show them that they didn't have to believe everything that they were seeing in the media about aging. So I didn't necessarily seek to change the fashion industry. That was more of a a byproduct of what I was doing because I think a lot of brands and companies were starting to wake up to the fact that they had this huge demographic that they weren't reaching out to who had the resources to buy their things. And, you know, so they were doing it more for uh, financial purposes, but I wanted to shift people's perspectives in order for people to just feel better about themselves. And so, you know, part of that does happen through what we show in the media. So it all kind of developed together, but I just wanted people to feel good about themselves, feel good about aging, to treat older people better. And along with that, so many of the women became models and started working with brands. And now like on social media, there's an incredible movement of older women really earning a living being, um, what's a better word for influencer, (laughs) you know, but really, but like, I still haven't figured one out. So I guess we'll just say influencer, but older women who are being in, who are influencing online. So. Yeah, I know. Influencing is such an interesting word these days, but I mean, they're really an inspiration to millions and millions of women around the globe. Inspirators. Inspirators. (laughs) (laughs) And the New York Times fashion critic, Vanessa Friedman, has actually credited you with changing fashion's relationship with older models. You've just talked a little bit about it, um, but I'm hoping maybe you can talk a little bit more about some of the specific responses to your blog and the transformations you've seen in the fashion industry since starting Advanced Style, but also some of the incredible opportunities that have come out of Advanced Style for your muses. And the documentary is great in showing that, you know, two of of your muses headed up a Barney's fashion campaign. So could you talk a little bit more about those experiences? Yeah, sure. Um, Brands started to reach out to me early on and 
Karen Walker out of New Zealand asked me to do a sunglasses campaign, which I shot with Ilona and Deborah and Joyce and Lindell and, <laughs> and, and Linda Rogan, another woman who was in the campaign. And uh, they were like, I think, aged from like 65 to 95 at that point. So I photographed all these women in, in contemporary eyewear. And that campaign kind of went viral. And then Karen wanted to do it because she wanted to show older faces. She want, she thought that was something that was lacking from the fashion landscape. But at the same time, she didn't realize that now all of a sudden older women were starting to buy her eyewear. So <laughs> Funny that. Yeah. And uh, Mark Jacobs based uh, one of his collections on the advanced style women. I, I, and I only read that in the New York Times, like that, that I was, <laughs> that my photos were used as, as the inspiration for one of his collections collections uh, a few years back I was able to cast a campaign for Lon Vaughn one of the women who started the campaign was Jackie Tija Murdoch and she was a legendary Apollo dance theater dancer and uh, also worked at NYU and she was 81 at the time and she always wanted to be a model and she was a dancer her whole life and at 81 she got to shoot a campaign for Lon Bond that was featured in magazines all over the world and got to meet Albert Albaz and she said that you can turn the one and eight around and finally she made it to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they all have had incredible opportunity. A lot of them have had incredible opportunities to have a new career in terms of using their style and things that they've been doing for the longest time and helping to affect change in terms of how older people are seen. And um, yeah, there's just, so many different things. I worked with Coach to do a collaboration where we paired younger influencers with older people and we did a series of conversations about style. I mean, the most incredible thing about this is I've been able to have this wonderful opportunity that I'm so grateful for to travel the world and meet older people all over the world and photograph them and share their stories and kind of give a platform and a voice to people who weren't necessarily being given that for the longest time. Many of these women have credited you with changing their lives. You've brought this incredible new dimension to not only their lives, but how they see themselves. Women who follow your blog and watch your documentaries. I mean, that was something that was really special in your documentary was when that woman approaches Lindell in her off-Broadway boutique and just says, you've changed my life. You know, you've, I, you've, brought, you've given me a new lease on life and my relationship with clothing and with myself has completely changed because these women are inspiring to, to people of any age, quite frankly. So Lona is one of the most colorful of your cast of women in the documentary in your books. She's so incredible. As you said, she just turned 100 years old. Um, she makes false eyelashes every morning out of her red hair. I mean, she's just an incredible, yeah. incredible woman. And she says of you that after she met you, quote, my life changed. It took on a completely different color. I've always enjoyed my life, but that involvement brought a new dimension to my existence and made my life far more interesting. And like I said, you've not only changed how these women are seen in society, but how they see themselves. So that's just, I'm just saying that's just incredible such an incredible thing that you've done. They've done that for me. Right. They've given me an incredible gift and a sense of purpose 
and a sense of understanding myself and what I can contribute to the world and more freedom to be myself and to dress how I want without fear and to speak up against things that I think are wrong and not question everything that I do and, you know, been such great friends and mentors and, you know, style advisors and life (laughs) advisors. And the biggest thing that is still hard for me to accept and comprehend is when I go to a book signing and someone will say like, your work has changed my life or I look at aging differently. And that was my goal. And I am so grateful for those moments. And that is what I love about my work. It was, that's why I started this whole thing, but it is quite a emotional thing to hear from someone and be able to accept that, that (laughs) work did that. And it's something that I've started to process over the last few years because I've really just been running around trying to create enough content to make this a body of work that helped people. So, um, but I'm very, very, very grateful for any person who's changed their mind about getting older because they've seen one of my photographs or, you know, had a better relationship with their grandmother or aunt or made a friend who was older, whatever it is. Yeah. And you've been doing this advanced style now for over a decade, I think 12 years now. Is there, you've, you've mentioned a couple of them already, but can you maybe share with us, like, are there takeaways from these experiences? Are there any life lessons or common themes that have kind of come up as you've observed and, and, you know, become friends with these women over the years? Are there things that we could all learn from these women, regardless of age? Yeah. I mean, that is why I made my latest book, Advanced Love, because I entered into my first serious relationship right about the time that I, like two years after starting Advanced Style. And so I was embarking on this relationship who I'm now married and, you know, have this idea of love as being something very romantic and easy, like things that I saw in the movies. And (laughs) and, and then you realize there's so many ups and downs and it's such a journey. And I really turned to the women and men that I was photographing for advice and to see. And, And what I learned throughout that process is, and this is just specific to love, but it can be, you know, taken in so many ways is that it's a constant journey and you are constantly changing. So the relationship that you're in is also constantly changing because you're as individual people are changing. So it's never static. And so basically you have to constantly work to achieve something that feels, that feels good. And it's the same thing with aging or, 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 or dressing. You have to put work into into living. You have to have a passion. You have to keep moving. You have to keep imagining. You have to keep thinking because the moment that you stop doing all these things is the moment your body starts to stop and you start to decline. So these women are constantly fighting that by continuing to do yoga, going out on the street, dressed up, playing with their grandchildren, painting, taking up new hobbies, making new friends, you know, being isolated and uh, is one of the, like the most detrimental things to the aging process. So I think it's so many of these women have made an effort. It's continued to make an effort in, in all aspects of your life. And it's not easy. 
And Ilona says that in her book, it's called 99 straight up, no chaser. You know, <laughs> she wakes up every morning and even if she's in pain and, and does her stretches in the bathtub, like even if she's feeling pain, you know, you have to constantly put effort into it. But life lessons, I think is just really about being yourself and finding out who you are because we're like bombarded with ideas and images that tell us not to be the person that we are. And it's like a process of unraveling things that we've been taught and really kind of coming inside of ourselves and finding whatever that true nature is. I mean, that's what I did. So I've always loved older people. My grandmother was my best friend. I love style. And I was able to take something from my childhood, which was like the root of who I was and make my life about that. But for many years, I questioned, what am I going to do? I still do that. But I kind of returned to the person I was when I was, you know, six, seven years old right. with a little, hopefully a little bit more wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> There's endless lessons. And I think it's just being like being authentic, being kind, being kind to yourself, being loving and kind of just ignoring a lot of what we're told all the time. I think it's about tuning a lot of that out and creating your own identity. And one way that I created my own identity was keeping my eyes open and constantly looking around at things and looking at books and movies and films and having experiences and yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've read now both your books, Advanced Love, and then the second Advanced Style rendition. And like you said, there's so much fabulous advice in there. I have so many things bookmarked because it's like, these are life lessons. These are things to take in with you into your everyday existence. Um, and it's just so incredibly inspiring and heartfelt. And I have to say, so your advanced love book was published in 2018. And can you tell us a little bit more about the inspiration between this you know, this kind of new aspect of advanced style. Um, it's called Advanced Love. It's a heartwarming book about couples who, quote, prove that love is bound by the constraints of neither age nor time. I think that for the longest time, I was photographing individual women. It started with women because of my relationship with my grandmother, but also I felt like in the media and in society in general, women were treated way harsher when it came to aging than men were. And so I wanted to really make a statement about being able to be yourself as an older woman. But then I, you know, a lot of people were asking, what about men? And so then I, I, I was incorporating men into my work and I am very inspired by the style of older men. And I was also for many years photographing couples that I saw walking on the streets of various cities. My Both my grandparents were it together their entire lives. And I always love the images of, you know, seeing them walking down the streets, holding hands. Like it was something that just felt so heartfelt to me. And I think coming into the current political climate, I also saw so much that was dividing us and so much that was creating hate. Like there wasn't a lot of joyful and positive and loving imagery out there, along with the fact that I had started my you know relationship during the creation of Advanced Style. And I wanted to make a book that really 
encouraged people to love. And there are stories about finding love in your 90s, you know, people who lost their partners and then met someone new in their old age home and stories about people who have been together maybe the last 10 years as an older couple. For me, it was just showing that there's never a point where you can't find someone to love or share your life with. And that could even be in the form of companionship uh, and friendship as well. So yeah, I really just wanted to make a book that was a force that was very different from what I was seeing in the world and it continues to see in the world. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, I went and I used a lot of the photos that had taken over the last several years, but then I kind of went on a journey finding new couples to photograph and tell their stories. And in that process, I learned so much about love and relationships. And for me, it was kind of the most meaningful experience to kind of see how people relate to one, each other, one another. And there is a huge style element to it because they share so much with one another, including the way that they dress, whether that's influencing one another or even dressing one another. (laughs) Morton and Virginia Linder are fabulous. They're in both your books too. And she, I think, has been dressing him for 53 years. Yeah. And now that's just what he loved. You know, they're, they, they're, they're, yes, I forgot to say Morden. I met this couple, Morden, Ginny, and they were really, I think the impetus for starting the book because it was the first time in my relationship where things were a little bit shaky. And I went to go meet this couple in Marin County and just hearing about their soul connection and how like they're like, they get over being angry with each other after like five minutes because they never want to hold on to resentment. And they were just this inspiring couple. And I, I went home and I said, you know what, how do I have a relationship like that? And I made a little film about them. It's um, on YouTube and it's called advanced love more than Ginny. And they had so much lessons to teach me. I think, yeah, you're, you're reminding me of why I made this book. They were a huge, <laughs> huge reason for that because a lot of times these days where people are struggling with human connection you know well especially now during the quarantine and coronavirus it's really hard to make human connection but before that um, we were spending so much time online that I think it was hard to like meet people organically and so just but we have to remain connected and we have to remain empathetic and loving I mean that's the only thing that's going to get us through Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I do have to say, Ari, I have been reading your books before I go to bed at night because I struggle with anxiety and stress, you know, because of the state of the world. And so I pick up Advanced Love and I read one of these stories and they're just so incredibly soothing and healing and beautiful, beautiful stories and snapshots of love, of love. And what and like you said, it's exactly what we need right now. That makes me feel really wonderful. I think I'm, I better take the book out and do the same because <laughs> I'm, you know, not sleeping very well and having the strangest dreams and worried about all my friends and family and, you know, just the general everyone right now. So 
yeah. I'll, I'll use a little bit of a dose of advanced love as well. Yeah. And all of our listeners should too. Ari, thank you so much for being here today. This was such a lovely, lovely conversation. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and, and love what you do as well. And now you're going to have a lot of older women listening to the podcast because I've told them <laughs> all about it. <laughs> I can't wait. And next week we're going to be interviewing some of these women. So stay tuned, dress listeners. Thank you. Ari, thank you so much for being here with us today. And we have to mention, Cass, that you and I were both very pleased to see Highland Booker and his wife, Charlotte, featured in (laughs) Advanced Love. And for those of you who might not remember or haven't listened to our very first episode of Dressed, um, (laughs) Highland was our very first guest on our very first episode, um, which was on the House of Worth, because in the 1960s, um, Highland became the first Black designer to head the London branch of of the legendary House of Worth. And Charlotte and Highland met on an airplane on Valentine's Day in 1985. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and as Charlotte explains it, quote, we started talking 33 years ago on that flight. And at 86 and 88 years old, that sentence hasn't come to an end. Yeah. And I mean, I cannot say enough wonderful things about Ari's work and the people he features. I mean, Advanced Love, actually, in particular, of all his books, is just so incredibly important because it's not only, he's not only helping to bring visibility to age 60 plus individuals, but he's also showing that, quote unquote, you know, advanced love really is so essential in helping to destigmatize the aging process. And instead, he's really celebrating it. This book in particular, Addresses love, sexuality, passion, and life lessons learned about love and loving. And if you can do it stylishly, all the more better. Right. <laughs> so for ours many subjects, getting dressed is both a way of life, as we discussed earlier, and a philosophy about how to live life. And I thought, April, that before we go, we could share some of our favorite pieces of advice shared by Ari's subjects throughout his many books. Yes, certainly. Um, for instance, Joy Venturini Bianchi, who says, quote, in truth, clothes can dress a person's soul and become an outward expression of the inner self. At this moment, style is born. I just love that because this is advice that resonates with, I mean, all of this advice, it resonates with people of any age, really. And I've taken away so much from reading these books and from learning from these individuals. Um, You know, I still struggle with finding my own personal style. So there's so (laughs) much inspiration to be found. Ari, in our interview, mentioned the opera singer Joyce Carpati in the interview and her words of wisdom include, quote, find a distinctive style and make it your own. Start with a great hairstyle. And she herself sports this fabulous long braid that she wears wound into a bun at the back of her head. Um, She also says, quote, ladies at this time in our lives, dare to do and say anything you like and do it with audacity. Embrace your age, have fun and try some false eyelashes. (laughs) Or how about Alice Carey's suggestions to Save off the ravages of time. And uh, for her, these include never leaving home without lipstick, sleeping longer and better without pills or liquor, and sex, quote, never give up on it in whatever shape or form. It keeps the roses in your cheeks and the gleam in your eyes. Here, here. And April, <laughs> I'm actually thrilled to share that Alice will be one of several of Ari's Advanced Style Muses joining us next week in our special Advanced Style Part 2 episode. I mean, be it 25 or 85, we all can benefit from their words of wisdom. And I'm super excited to share my interviews with you all next week.
Yay! And until then, we would like to close with the words of Sue Kreitzman, who writes, quote, My message is this. Be open to change. When the muse bites, do not ignore her. It is never too late to unlock your hidden talents, to finally do the things you always dreamt of doing, to realize your full potential. With the menopause, with advancing age, great adventures can begin. Be ready to embrace them. Be bold. Be adventurous. Do profound things. Dazzle yourself and the world. Contribute to society and live large. Life is short. Make every moment count. It is never too late to find your passion. True. And on that note, dress listeners, may you consider being bold, being adventurous, and finding your passion next time you get dressed. Remember to tune in this Thursday for our mini-sode where we alternate between answering your fashion history mystery queries and sharing all things fashion history happening in the world today. We love hearing from you, so if you'd like to email us, please do so at dressed at iheartmedia.com. You can also direct message us on Instagram at dress underscore podcast, where you will find images to accompany each week's episode. You can also follow us on Facebook at dress podcast without the underscore. And as always, special thanks to our producers, Casey Pegram, Holly Fry, and everyone else at iHeartRadio who makes this show possible each and every week. Catch you Thursday. Dress, the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your favorite shows.